Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback out of the shotgun. First and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker who rips him down inside the 25-yard line. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com, here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome, everybody, to Adam Carricker on the ticket. If you don't know by now, each and every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Central Time, come grab some lunch and join me for your lunch hour each and every Monday here on the ticket, the fastest hour in radio each and every week. is soon to become the two fastest hours in radio each and every year on 93.7 The Ticket. Starting next week, I will be here live not only Mondays from noon to one, but Fridays twice a week now. The two fastest hours in radio each and every week right here on 93.7 The Ticket. So every Friday starting next week from noon to 1 p.m. Central Time, I will be on twice a week going forward. Now, no coinkydink here. It just so happens to be the day after Nebraska plays Minnesota in their first football game of the year. Matt Rule's opening ball game of his coaching tenure here at the University of Nebraska. So that day after, we hopefully whoop Minnesota's rear end sideways. Hopefully we just get the dub. All right. I will be talking about it the following day here on The Ticket and then each and every week going forward, Monday and Friday, noon to 1 p.m. Central Time. The fastest two hours on radio each and every week here on 93.7 The Ticket. Now, it's interesting with my intro. Here on the ticket, I had a little input, but not a whole lot. They did a great job with it, but it, it's always it always amuses me as I listen to as I'm about ready to go live here on the radio, uh, here on ninety three point seven. That they they got my one time I touched the ball in a game in college. My I had no receptions, no nobody threw me the ball. So selfish, uh, but I had one interception for a negative one yard return. You know, I tried to loop back to go forward because that makes sense especially when you're nearly 300 pounds. My one interception somehow made the highlights or the promo right before I come on for the radio each and every week. And each and every week, it amuses me and makes me smile. I do have a picture, though, of me laying on the ground holding the ball in the air, you know, because that was the only time I touched the ball in college in an actual game. I was a quarterback all the way up through high school. So I was used to touching the ball. I was used to having the ball in my hands. I was used to scoring TDs. And then it was taken away because I decided to go hit quarterbacks, because honestly, it's even more fun to me. All right, we got a fun show here today. A lot we're going to talk about. The single digits, all right, more have been handed out. The single digit numbers, I should say, more have been handed out. Seven in total, which means there's still room for about three. If you go zero through nine, counting zero as a single digit as well, there's room for three more single digit, digit numbers to be earned by Nebraska players. But we'll talk about some of the guys who've earned them so far, 
couple of the guys who've earned them as of late. Let's talk about our starting running back, Gabe Irvin. Let's talk about Anthony Grant, the guy who's right there, just got a hold of the rock a little bit better in practice. Talk about Ramir Johnson potentially being a very dangerous third down back. Also, there's not going to be captains for this football team in a traditional sense. It will be more game-based. And then Coach Rule talked about come bowl season, I noticed. He used the words come bowl season. All right. Talking about bowl games, I like that. Maybe doing something a little bit more permanent along those lines. And at 1230, I will be joined by my former teammate, the man who hosted me on my recruiting visit, and we got lost. He's also known for throwing uh, one of the most famous touchdown, reverse touchdown passes in Husker football history to Eric Crouch, Mr. Mike Stunts, who now makes it so that people can see better. All right, he's one of the kings of LASIK surgery, from what I understand. I had LASIK surgery myself back in the day. It was about 15 years ago. I think I need to have it redone. Actually, about 18, actually. Uh, but they, they say it lasts about 15 years or so. But I'll ask Mike about that. Is that true? Does it last about 15 years and you got to have it redone? Based on my experience, I would probably agree with that. Okay. But my uh, my former teammate, a good all-around good dude, Mike Stunt's going to be joining me at 1230. Then, of course, at 1245, the people segment. Send in your questions, your comments, your concerns. As always, the last 10 minutes of this show is dedicated to the people segment. Call or text 402-464-5685. That number is 402-464-5685. Also, all right, check out GE Landscape Supply at gelandscapesupply.com or you can call 402-467-1627. And I would be remiss if I didn't Remind you of fine folks that CaracterChronicles.com is now live as well. You, we got all sorts of content there. So go check out CaracterChronicles.com, including starting next week, my two episodes a week that I will be doing here on 93.7, The Ticket. All right, let's talk about some of these things that I've already mentioned. Okay, you talk about the single-digit numbers. All right, this is a tradition that is obviously important to Matt Rule. I'm sure you all know he did it at Temple. He did it at Baylor. It's something he wants to get going here. It's something he wants the single-digit numbers to mean something, to be earned, voted on by the the team, essentially, voted on by players of the team, okay? Players on the team, I'm sorry. Nick Henrich, all right, he was recently added to the list of guys who've earned a single-digit number. Now, this is our lone returning captain from a year ago. All right, Garrett Nelson is gone. Caleb Tanner is gone. Travis Vokalek is gone. Nick is back. And he has earned a single-digit number. Okay, now the guys who've earned them so far, in case you are not aware, all right, Nash Hutmaker is zero. Billy Kemp is number one. Isaac Gifford is two. Nick Henrich is three. Luke Reimer is four. John Bullock is five. And Jeff Sims is number seven. So like I mentioned, that still leaves a few of those single-digit numbers to be earned. Now, I listened to what Coach Rule had to say when it came to the single-digit numbers and that tradition. And it was interesting to me because I was trying to figure out myself, do I really like this or not? I mean, he's our new coach, and I want to like what he's doing, and I want to buy in, and I like things being earned, fans of all that. But what do I think about this? And he may, he, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the quote in front of me. He basically said, we've embraced all the Nebraska traditions. We ask that you embrace this one. And I was like, well, that makes a lot of freaking sense. So I'm going to go ahead and embrace it. I think it's great now. I think it's phenomenal. I, th- I thought it was good anyways, but I was still kind of on the fence. But he makes a good point. 
they have embraced all the Nebraska traditions, okay? And and they're trying to do them all justice as best as they can early on in Coach Rule's tenure. So he makes a good point. So I 100% embrace the single-digit tradition that they're trying to get going. And I love the aspect that they have to be earned, that it's voted on by players on the team. That always matters. I don't want to say it matters more than if a coach appoints it, but to me as a player, it, it, I'm sorry, it did. It mattered more, you know, because when you when your peers, when your teammates, when the people that you're shedding blood, sweat, and tears with every day in practice in the weight room on the on the on the game field are the ones that say, "Yeah, you've earned this." That means a little something extra, in my opinion. Now, when asked about captains, okay, and how that's going to happen, all right. Now, to be clear, there's been leaders that have been emerging this off season. There have been names that have been brought up, people who have stuck out, okay? But when it comes to captains, all right, they're probably going to handle, well, they are, they're going to handle captain selections a little bit differently than has been done in most years, okay? They're not necessarily going to announce 2023 captains prior to August 31st or the Minnesota game, okay? Okay, that doesn't mean they're not going to have captains, because they will, okay? It's going to be more of a game-type thing. And as I mentioned earlier, when December rolls around, bowl season rolls around. Yes, bowl season rolls around. When December rolls around and Nebraska's still playing football because we're going to a bowl. All right, and we're not going to opt out of it this time. Yeah, I'm sorry I brought that up. I did. <clears throat> My apologies. They're going to do something a little bit more permanent. And I think it's a process of getting to know the players. It's the players getting to know the coaches' expectations. It's the fact that people emerge throughout the season. Sometimes people look really good in practice and sometimes people disappear in games so maybe you name someone a captain based on what they did in fall camp which absolutely matters but then when it come, game time comes i've seen guys kind of disappear and all of a sudden guys emerge that maybe you didn't notice as much or they just get better throughout the season as the season goes along and games go along and they earn a captain captainship captain i don't know how to say that they're they're being a captain throughout the year that's much easier for me to say i tried to make it one word and i just made my own life harder all right guys guys emerge as the as the year goes on we see it all the time young guys develop guys get more opportunities guys who maybe weren't playing early on maybe they play later on and then they start to to show what they can do a little bit more so that's the approach that they are taking now one thing about nick He's a guy who had an ACL injury, pretty serious. Didn't know if he'd ever play football again, okay, at one point in his career. Now he's back, a captain a year ago, single digit this year, a guy we're going to rely on heavily in this new 3-3-5 defense. He's going to have to hold up in the middle of that defense as a linebacker and be physical and stout and also be a leader, him and Luke Reimer especially. Okay, now, of the guys who've earned these single digits so far, seven, Five of them are defensive players. All right, so I think I think I mentioned this last week. I'm pretty sure I did. I fully well expect the defense to be a little bit ahead of the offense. Okay, early on in the season, it's pretty typical for defenses to be ahead of the offense. There's so much more that goes into the offense. All right, defense is about, obviously, you've got your blitzes, but it's more about lining up. It's more about being able to adjust to what the offense throws at you and f- being physical and flying to the ball. It's so much more reactionary. Whereas on offense, you've got timing and rhythm, rhythm between the quarterback and receivers, timing between the snaps, which Husk, uh, snaps uh, centers and quarterbacks with the snaps. Which Husker fans, after a couple of years ago, if you remember the struggles we had 
with a guy who was a new center, now playing in the NFL, a second-round draft pick, and Cam Jurgens, a guy turned out to be a really good football player. We all knew that that was probably going to happen. But I no longer take snaps for granted at the collegiate level. Okay, I coach youth football, and my God, you don't take them for granted in youth football, that's for sure. I no longer take them for granted uh, above high school level either. Okay, so the timing of the snap count, the timing of the snap, the, the rhythm between quarterbacks, tight ends, wide receivers, pass catchers in general, getting on the same page. There's so much more that goes into offense. So for the defense to be a little bit ahead of the offense, pretty normal. I think we've got to find some receivers to emerge. All right. Jeff Sims has to prove that he can be a consistent passer that takes care of the ball on top of being a dynamic runner. All right. So we have a three-headed monster at running back. We really do. Potential three-headed monster at running back, I should say. So we got to be able to run the ball first. Talked about this last week, but Jeff Sims has to be able to show that he can take care of the football when he's thrown. We got to have some wide receivers emerge. And this offense is going to have to, at some point, catch up to the defense, assuming the defense is ahead right now, based on what I've heard in camp. That's the way it seems to be, based on the fact that five of the seven players who've heard single digits are on the defensive side of the ball. It's the way it seems to be. So the defense may have to lead the charge early on. The running game is going to have to lead the charge early on. And hopefully that can open up some things for a passing game sooner, much sooner, rather than later. Now, you talk about our starting running back and our, our, our potential three-headed monster at the running back position. All right, Gabe Irvin was announced the starting running back over the weekend all right, going into this Minnesota game. I don't think that shocked anybody. Gabe is, you know, 220, 225. I saw a highlight tape from practices earlier Maybe it was late last week. And within about the first 30 seconds, I thought I saw him run over about three different people. Okay, and he's got speed. He's one of the faster guys on the team along with that good size. So I wasn't shocked. You got Anthony Grant, uber talented. I think Matt Rule called him elite, but he needs to fumble less. He needs to take care of the ball more. Another way to phrase that. Pretty good one-two punch. Anthony Grant could easily be a starter most places. But I would argue if you're not holding on to the ball, I mean, you've got to be by far and away the best running back. Fumbles, as we all know, turnovers, as we all know, are game changers for the other team, and you don't want that. You don't want to be helping the other team. So he's just got to take care of the ball a little bit better. Beyond that, he's elite. Obviously, taking care of the ball, gigantic priority. I'm excited to see what Gabe Irving can do. All right. I'm excited to see what Anthony Grant can do when he gets in the game. And then Ramir Johnson, you know, Matt Rule talked about him potentially being a very good third down back. All right, this is a guy can catch the ball, great speed out of the backfield. The only question I have, I haven't seen a ton of this, so I don't know the answer to this yet. You know, third down, that blitz pickup. You're essentially, when you're not going out for a pass, you're another old lineman. You're in there to protect the quarterback. Sometimes running backs don't know who to pick up. They don't understand the blitz protections because their priorities running with the ball. Some guys don't want to do the blitz pickup because you got a linebacker maybe 240, 250, 260, depending. And he's got five to 10 yards of a full head of steam on you. And you're simply trying to step up and protect the quarterback. Not always fun to do. So you got to understand it. You got to be willing to do it. And then you got to be good at it. That's why a lot of backs aren't great at this one particular thing, even though it's not talked about very much. Because you got to understand the protections. You got to be willing to do it. And then you got to be good at it. So, I'm curious to see how Ramir does in pass protection. I'm curious to see how all the backs do, from Gabe to, to Anthony, anybody else who gets in the game. How are you going to protect the quarterback?
right? Because we we don't have a clear-cut backup, at least a guy that if Jeff goes down, like, yeah, I trust that guy to go in. We don't have that yet. We got some guys that are talented. You know, I saw a thing. Heinrich Harburg was catching some passes, you know, last week in practice. So what does that mean? Was he doinking around, having fun? Were they just short of receiver that day and they needed someone to fill in a little bit? Is there a potential he could seriously go to wide receiver? He's such a talented guy at quarterback. I'd love to see him stay there and see what he can develop into. I've talked about this before. It's been a while. I mean, he's a he's a he he's got the physical stature that a lot of NFL scouts look for. He's got a big arm and he's much faster than people realize. Hence, you know, what's going on with him a wide receiver potentially. Now, who knows? I'd like to see what he can develop into as a quarterback. And we got other quarterbacks in that room too. But we need someone to step up in case Jeff gets, you know, nicked up, dinged up. Hopefully that doesn't happen at all. But you never know. It is football. They are out there trying to drill each other into the turf as hard as they can. What's wrong with those people? Who does that? I don't know, but it's sure a lot of fun. So we got to find – I'm excited about the running backs. We got to find a, a true backup quarterback that we can trust. A backup quarterback doesn't have to be a game changer. It would be nice if they are. But it's got to be someone that can come in and run the offense, even if it's a game manager. Okay, uh, most coaches would take a really good game manager and, and take that as a high-quality backup quarterback. Who's going to step up and do that? All right. Who can step up if necessary? You know, w- what the depth chart says is one thing. What actually happens on the field is another. And hopefully we don't really have to find out. It would be great if Jeff was healthy the entire year. To be clear, I am rooting for that. All right. You look at this offensive line. It's really going to come down to the offensive line this year because we have talented running backs. We have a physical phenom at quarterback. Now, how well he throws and how well he takes care of the ball consistently remains to be seen. This offensive line. All right, you got Ben Scott from Arizona State. All right, you got Nadine Willie, who was probably the best guard a couple of years ago back. I know Teddy Prochaska has been beat up. Hopefully, he can play a majority of this season, if not all of it. You got a bunch of guys who've been in this system forever, and Ben Hart and Corcoran and Piper. Can two of those three guys at least step up just so we have five quality starters? A little depth would be nice. We'll see what happens. But whether these running backs can get, get anywhere all depends on the holes that they do or don't have. I've only seen one running back in history not need an offensive line. That guy's name was Barry frickin' Sanders. I mean, there ain't many Barry Sanders walking around uh, planet Earth. All right. Um, Emmett Smith, statistically, probably the greatest back of all time. Absolutely one of the best ever, if not the best. Probably had the best offensive line in front of him, the Great Wall of Dallas in the early to mid-90s. Now, there was a season in there, and I forget which season it was. I want to say it was the year they won their second Super Bowl uh, in the early 90s. I believe that would have been 93, maybe 94. I don't know. I'm not a Dallas Cowboys expert, so you have to pardon my lack of specific knowledge on them. But there was a contract dispute between him and Jerry Jones, and Emmett missed the first two games of the year, and the Cowboys lost. All of a sudden, game three, Emmett's back, and they take off, and they never look back, and they go win the Super Bowl. So I'm not devaluing the running back. I'm not devaluing what Emmett Smith did. But as, as Husker Nation knows, as we all know, it all starts up front. Who wants to hit? Who's blue collar, in your face, smash mouth? And who wants to do it for four quarters? 
I'll tell you right now from my experience, I was big, big into looking my into my opponent's eyes. I knew right away if they wanted some or not. A lot of times, the game was over before the first snap ever happened, and I could see it in their eyes. Some guys would bring it until they got hit in the mouth about three or four times. They're like, oh, well, I don't want to do this anymore, and the game was over after the first quarter, at least my battle with them. Then there was the guys you'd bring it for a half, and then all of a sudden they'd come out in the second half, and they weren't quite the same. Then you had those guys who'd bring it for three quarters, basically until they got tired and a little beat up and a little bruised. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I won every battle I ever had. Uh-uh. My first ever play in Memorial Stadium versus Utah State, and I got pancaked. Yeah, I just admitted that on live radio. I believe the ticket is on TV now, so check it out if you can. YouTube. It's okay. I'm comfortable in my own skin. That's not the only time I got pancaked. I won enough battles to, to be able to admit the few times I got pancaked. Well, more t- times than I'd like to admit that I got pancaked, but I'm, I'm okay admitting it. But... The guys that in the fourth quarter, the beginning, the middle, and the end of the fourth quarter, that had that same look as they did in the beginning of the first quarter, like you want some, come get some, those guys were few and far between. I can legit think of maybe, maybe three guys after I left high school that it was all four quarters. And my point is this. I won some battles. I lost some battles. But for four quarters, there weren't many people that were willing to be blue-collar, in-your-face, smash-mouth for four straight quarters. And there were better football players out there than me, but there weren't many who were willing to do that for four quarters, which I was. And not only was I willing to do it, I loved it. It's why I went from quarterback to defensive end, because I wanted to hit people. We need an offensive line like that. We need an offensive line with that mentality. Whether we win the first quarter or not, that's okay. We'll see you the next quarter, then the third quarter, then the fourth quarter. Yeah, I hear the outro music. We want an O-line for four full quarters. Don't go anywhere. Mike Stunts. We'll be right back.